Welcome to the Relationship Road Trip, navigating the twists and turns of all the important relationships in your life. I'm Ben Azevedo, your backseat driver. Please make the next available U-turn. I'm Dr. Don Fernando Azevedo, clinical psychologist, executive coach, and voiceover artist, your navigator. And I'm Kim Azevedo, licensed marriage and family therapy associate, your mechanic. Which leaves you, listener, in the driver's seat, driving into uncharted territory. Our quote for today is, the problem in public life is learning to overcome terror. The problem in married life is learning to overcome boredom. Gabriel Garcia Marquez, Love in the Time of Cholera. So the coronavirus has thrown a kink in everyone's plans. Um, So today we have a special episode about how to grow your relationships during this time. We're going to divide this episode into five parts. Romantic relationships, children, friends, co-workers, and finally self. Kim, what do you think the challenges are for couples during this quarantine and how can they address them? There are definitely a lot of challenges going on with quarantine. Uh, A lot of couples at least have the opportunity to spend time apart uh, when they go to work or when they're out doing other daily living activities. Uh, And now suddenly we are stuck in this small space together with or without children. And it's it's chaotic. We're all out of our regular routine. Uh, Working from home is its own challenging dynamic that we'll get into later. But it's created this challenge of how do we create distance while also being close? Creating that space is is really hard. You have to be intentional with how you want to create distance and how you communicate your need for distance. Uh, If you have different rooms in which you can be doing your work during the day, that's awesome. But if you're stuck in a small apartment where there's not a ton of space to be able to create um, a workspace, it can be a lot of stepping on each other's toes. Obviously, communication, uh, which we've talked about in previous episodes, but being really mindful of how we're talking to each other. Uh, We're all kind of stressed out and overwhelmed with how things have changed, and it makes us a little bit short with our loved ones. Uh, So pulling yourself back, remembering to breathe before you talk, framing things kindly. It's really easy to snap off at your partner because you're stuck with them for extended periods of time now. And, you know, after a couple of hours, sometimes you're like, I just need a break. I need a breath. And managing that for yourself, knowing when you need to take time uh, and go for a walk or go sit quietly somewhere, which again, we'll get to later in this episode. Within that, also being intentional on how you're spending your time together You are in this space, and this might be more time than you've ever had together. And you can learn new things. There are plenty of websites out there that are now offering free online courses. Uh, There are a lot of uh, museums that are showing different exhibits. I know the Frida Kahlo exhibit is available online, and you can actually do a virtual tour of her home. Very awesome. But exploring things together, reconnecting and reuniting and learning 
these new things together. It's a great way to spend intentional time with your partner on something that's not work-related. In typical days when you've gone out to work and then you come back, you talk about your day and the different things that you've experienced at your work life. And that might not be the case right now. So trying to figure out new ways of communicating, new things to talk about, fun and exciting topics that bring you and your partner joy. Uh, Those are kind of the things that I've noticed, at least as far as the stuff that's come into my office uh, within the past week. So. Another thing I, I like to encourage couples to do is play games together, you know, card games, board games, any of those things. There are some great games out there. You can order them online, um, games like Ticket to Ride. Though that's a little bit hard if it's just you and your partner. So add two other personalities. Play two, two different colors. Or you could get some two-person games. So there's a wonderful game called Illimat that Sarah and I love to play together. That's great with two people. You could play some classic card games uh, with two people. Um, Sarah and I also play backgammon a lot, mostly because she loves it. Checkers and chess are also good options. Sure. And you were mentioning a website that had some ideas, Ben. Oh, for dates. Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine shared a Reddit post from a user who had come up with a lot of stay-at-home dates for when they didn't feel like paying for a babysitter. We can probably link to that in the show notes, but they've titled it Quarantine Dates now. And one of my favorites on here said, uh, Card Sharks, Whiskey, Card Games, Weird Visors. <laughs> I like the That's idea lovely. of ordering some weird visors on Amazon just to play poker with your partner. Yes. Or apple juice for those of you who are choosing not to drink. <laughs> sure. I know it's been challenging for a few of the couples that I've seen in my office where one person is sober and the other person is not, uh, because a lot of social media is talking about day drinking. Uh, So being aware of you and your partner's needs when it comes to um, different behaviors that you engage in. Hmm. All right. So that's some good ideas for couples. Why don't we talk about kids? Don, what are your thoughts about kids? So there are a lot of thoughts about kids. Bear with me, folks. We're going to go on a long ride with this one. So a few big picture ideas to get started, and this is across all age ranges here. Um, A written and posted schedule for the family really helps. This lets the kids know what you're doing and lets you know what the kids are supposed to be doing. Use pictures for younger kids and words for older kids and adults, but have a schedule that you pretty closely adhere to. Create and maintain a routine. That'll help you get through a lot of this. This is not like a vacation. You know, for some families, this first week has been a little bit like spring break or a vacation. They know how to handle those things. It's going to rapidly become something very different. And if you get ahead of it and start to create some level of routine that helps you move through each day, you'll do better. Rigidity to the routine is not required. But an idea of what is happening helps create a sense of security. Consider letting everyone get better sleep. You don't have the commute time and kids don't have any of the time waiting around at school that happens every day at school, waiting to get to the bathroom or over to this space or that space. So the day can be shortened around academics and they can have a little bit more time to sleep and to play. It's okay to sleep later and get to bed earlier for all ages. Uh, 
The following are some of what the sleepfoundation.org recommends in terms of sleep. So preschoolers, that's ages three through five, need about 10 to 13 hours of sleep, and that could include a nap in the middle of the day. So I'm secretly a preschooler. That's not a secret. School-aged children, ages 6 to 13, need about 9 to 11 hours of sleep. Teens, ages 14 to 17, need about 8 to 10 hours of sleep. And adults, 18 and over, between 7 and 9 hours of sleep. Now, interestingly enough, a lot of adults get less than 7 hours of sleep, many less than 6 See if now one of your opportunities is to get a little bit better sleep. Try it out. It might help. Um, One of the other things with the the schedules that I forgot to mention at first is let your kids be part of creating the schedule um, as as you're doing it so that they understand it and you understand it. Let them also be a part of creating your schedule. Again, you're looking to lead them by doing these same things together. All right. Schoolwork takes a lot less time as a homeschooler. A lot of the the, um, homeschooling parents who have been doing this for years are saying uh, and coaching out there that you don't need six and a half hours like a regular school day. You need much less than that. Four to five hours does well for a high schooler, even less than that for school-age kids and certainly preschoolers. Playing is also learning. Chores can also be learning. Art, music, and exercise are also learning. There are lots of ways for your kid to explore and understand the world around them. Jump into those. It doesn't have to be like a classic school setting. Regardless of age, your kids' expectations about their own lives have shifted just like yours. They are off course and need a new map. Help them express their emotions, including frustration at being stuck at home, maybe stuck at home with you. (laughs) And with kids, it's important to manage your own emotions and behavior. If you're in control of yourself, your kids are more likely to want to follow your lead. And although it's not something any of us want, this can be an opportunity to deepen all our relationships if we approach it with some level of intentionality some level of purposefulness as we do the things we need to do. So Ben, to break this down into into four groups of kids that you might be dealing with, preschool to first grade would be the first group I'll talk about, second grade to fifth grade that I'll talk about next, then we'll talk about middle and high school kids, and then the college kids who have come home, because we gotta figure out how to deal, deal with them too. Let's start with preschool to first graders. So with this group of kids, uh, you want to use a picture schedule. And there's an example in our show notes of what I'm talking about here. Uh, But it uses pictures to depict time and what activity that you're doing um, as you move through different areas. Uh, This age group also likes going to bed earlier and getting up earlier. So follow that lead for scheduling. Again, you're trying to find a great way for your kids to sleep better while we have this opportunity for them to sleep better. Khan Academy has great resources for academic work uh, across all of these age ranges, uh, except for college, um, if you have internet access. 
So internet access is the is the key here. And this is also one of the other challenges during this time. Uh, not everyone has internet access. So helping all of our children get there is going to be an interesting twist. So for this age group, preschool to first grade, academics work best in the morning. Any work you want to do with them, try and get that done before lunch and nap time. For this age group, it's important to remember that their attention span is at best 20 minutes and more likely to be 10 to 15 minutes. You have to know your kid to figure out how long that is. But trying to get a kid to work on anything past 20 minutes in this age group will lead to frustration on their part and frustration on your part. And don't forget their nap time. You'll have very cranky kids if you don't at least let them rest, if not actually sleep. Playing outside in the afternoon is a great way for them to learn and to entertain themselves and get some physical activity, which is really important, again, in this age group. Um, they need to burn off a lot of, of physical activity or a lot of physical energy. It's also important in this age group to learn how to entertain yourself, how to deal with boredom. It's okay for this kid to be bored Leave them in their play area, if that's a bonus room or their room or whatever, or outside. Um, it's important for them to figure out how to entertain themselves. That's one of the ways that we learn uh, emotional self-regulation. So that's it for the preschoolers. How about second grade to fifth grade? So with this group, a written schedule uh, works best. So just write it out in words, have them help you uh, figure out what the schedule should be and how they want to organize their time. Um, and of course, you'll have some structure in there so that you'll get a good schedule in place. So intersperse academic work with physical activity, art or music. It will help your workday if you go outside and play with the kids or do any of these other art or music activities as well. Believe it or not, you'll be more productive. Consider some chores also as part of their learning environment. Just about 30 minutes worth in the mid-afternoon to help the family. Otherwise, it's their playtime in the afternoon. Outside is better. Screen time is not the worst. It may be the only way they connect with their friends. A lot of kids play uh, group games over Xbox and other platforms that allow them to talk with friends and catch up with things. That's really okay. All right, so middle school and high school kids. Again, use a written schedule. Let them help you figure out what that schedule is. Again, intersperse academic work with physical activity, art, or music. It will be a little heavier in academics in this age range, uh, but don't lose track of some physical expression time here. It helps with concentration and retention. Consider some chores, about one hour's worth for this group, and do those in the mid-afternoon or later in the early evening. This group works really well helping with cooking, and that's a great way to prepare them uh, for their launch into their own home uh, so that they learn some practical skills uh, about how to, how to prepare their own meals. This is also a way to integrate math and science uh, and other kinds of uh, academic work into um, a, a daily activity. Playtime is necessary for this group as well. Outside is better. Screen time is not the worst. Again, these kids need to connect with their friends. Through middle and high school, one of the important uh, developmental activities is that group cohesion and friendships. 
High schoolers may need some extra support in dealing with losses. Uh, Recognize that being with their friends is very important and they're not allowed to do that. Social distancing makes actual physical interactions with their friends either difficult or impossible. If this is a senior, they may be mourning some of the losses of of that senior year. We're coming into senior prom season, um, maybe the last season of a sport, uh, the spring play or musical performance that won't happen, perhaps even a graduation ceremony that won't happen for them. They'll certainly be missing the creation of memories with friends in these months before going on to either the college or, or a workforce. So create time to talk about this or to have them express it creatively in poetry, music, art, or drama. The important part, though, is they're thinking about this. Create the space so that they share those thoughts and feelings with you. All right, our last group of kids are the college kids. So, again, it's really important to have a written schedule. This clarifies expectations between them and you about what they're doing and how they're progressing in their college education. A lot of this they'll be getting from the college, if the college has actually provided online courses. Not all of them have. Let your college kid lead to the degree that they can with scheduling and then help them fill in the blanks. Help them fill in the parts they haven't thought about, about helping the family out um, or helping you out. They may not like being home and away from their friends and with way less freedom than they were experiencing than when they were in the dorm or in their own apartment. So help them as they try to deal with that frustration. Uh, They're not taking it out on you. It's really not about you at all. It's more about their experiences that are changing and that they don't want. So negotiate expectations about how everyone will live and work together in this small space. This is likely more important if there are younger kids in the house that are also struggling with schedules and activities. Help your college-age kid understand that they're setting an example, just like you are. So you need to be doing the same things that you're expecting all of your children to be doing around living to a schedule and getting your work done. College seniors may also have some extra stress about being able to fulfill graduation requirements, missing last opportunities for interactions with friends who will move away after graduation, and increased stress about the transition from college to working. Um, Some college seniors have already gotten job offers that are contingent on actually graduating from college. So they've got lots of stress and lots of things up in the air. Help them to have a safe place to express all of those things. And Ben, I think that's about it for all the kids and kid groups that I can think of. Kim, you got anything else you want to add? I can't think of any more categories of children. I don't think I can think of anything else. Yeah, you got a pretty good overview there. There will be tons of information in our show notes. I know you mentioned picture schedules and how to develop those. There will be PDFs of the information that we've discussed for each age range uh, in our show notes as well. So please check those out um, as a strong resource as you work on building this new routine and understanding how this will go. Hopefully it's only another couple of weeks, but we never know. Yes, absolutely. All right. So that's everything for 
couples and kids. What about friends? Kim, can you talk to us about some ways to deal with this with friends? I don't have any friends. <laughs> oh, wait, she's just like me now. What's up with that? Oh, my God. It runs it's, in the family. Yep. <laughs> uh, so with friends, it's really important to keep communicating with them. You might not be able to see them live and face to face, but there are really cool apps out there. Uh, House Party is really good for group video chat. I had never heard of it until this happened. FaceTime, Skype. Those are really the main ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Clearly, I use video chatting so often. And making sure that you stay connected, checking in on them, uh, especially your extroverted friends. They're they're struggling. They're used to getting out there and hanging out with people and uh, they can't do that right now. Uh, so that's overwhelming for them. And I speak as an introvert where I'm sitting at home binge reading books, completely content with my life, except for when I'm working because I have the benefit of being able to maintain my work schedule. So far. So far. This uh, this past week, my my dog park friends, which is a group of four other couples, so 10 people total. We all got on a Google Hangout together and um, we played Jackbox Party Pack, which is an online game that one person can host and everyone else joins in on their phone. So you can kind of do it anywhere. So the host shared their screen so we could all see the prompts. And it, it's kind of... Um, it gives you a prompt and then you put in your responses and then everybody has to vote on their favorite response kind of game. So it's not too in-depth, but it's something fun to laugh about and play together. And we were all able to talk and kind of enjoy each other's company virtually. So I can highly recommend that. Yeah. And there are other group games and apps that are out there. I know Apples to Apples has a version of online play and a couple of other things, but making sure that you're still engaging with your friends uh, and communicating in a way that feels meaningful, whether it's online games or just talking about life in the world and checking in on how so-and-so's dog is doing, but making sure that you're also talking about stuff that is not coronavirus. It is so prevalent in our society right now that it's important to hold conversations that are not that. And sometimes that's really hard. We're sharing an anxiety right now and it's a cultural anxiety. But looking for other topics, remembering that you still really enjoy these other things. Uh, I mentioned earlier the online art and learning. You can do that with your friends as well. That doesn't have to be an individual activity, nor does it have to be an activity with a partner. Okay, folks, we're almost there. We've got two more groups of people to talk about. The next one is coworkers. So Don, can you please give me your brief thoughts about coworkers? I'm really hoping that there's not four completely distinct categories of coworkers that we have to go through with picture schedules and all kinds of nonsense. Actually, there's six. We have six groups of no. <laughs> so my brief thoughts. I do know that there was a lot with the kids, Ben. I really do. Um, there's there was so much more I wanted to say. So remote teams take an intentional action to stay connected. They really work at creating spaces where they can talk with one another and plan with one another. Uh, that's part of how remote teams work functionally well together. If you're not used to working on a remote team, 
err on the side of reaching out and communicating more than you think you would need to. You'll figure out the right amount with your coworkers as time goes on, but it's easier to over-communicate and then back down than under-communicate and create problems that become difficult to solve. And although email is great, the sound of a voice, or better yet, voice and video, can be both reassuring and faster in getting a collaboration done on some work issue. If you're concerned about HIPAA compliance or any other type of compliance issues, Zoom and VC, both of those will be linked in our show notes, are HIPAA compliant. That is correct. If you want full HIPAA compliance, you need to get a a business partner agreement with Zoom. Uh, They have that on their link. You can just click on it and they readily provide it for you. So also... um, Consider a brief video chat that just checks in with coworkers on how they're doing, making the transition to working at home, um, and share some best practices about getting work done and taking care of yourself and family. Your coworkers have great ideas. The creativity that I have experienced out there with people about how to handle this situation has been phenomenally reaffirming to me about how human beings can overcome adversity in lots of different ways. The thing is, if we don't share those best practices, those of us who are less creative are at a loss. So reach out, ask. People might have a great idea. Or better yet, share this podcast with them. There you go, Kim. I think also what you said about, uh, Kim, what you said about not talking about COVID. Talk with your coworkers socially like you would if you were in the office. Some of my coworkers have organized a virtual coffee time. So it's the group of us that every morning chat in the kitchen for a minute while we get our coffee. And this way we can continue that routine. And that helps kind of get the day started. And it feels a little bit more normal to say hey to all those folks before I start working on my day's work. So see if you can arrange something like that with your coworkers, because that can really help establish routine and get back into the flow of working, even though you're remote. All right. So that brings us to the last part of this bonus episode, and that is the self, how to take care of yourself during this time. So Kim, why don't you give us some tips on self-care? So self-care is not just meditation, hot baths, lavender, all of that. There are a lot of different aspects of self-care. Within this, I, my first and top suggestion is limit your time on news and media right now because this conversation is everywhere and you need to give yourself a break. Go read a book, draw a picture, go for a walk, listen to some good music. Just get away from that conversation for a little bit, at least 30 minutes a day. An amazing thing that came out recently that a friend of mine from London shared with me is this article called Managing Fears and Anxiety Around the Coronavirus. It was written by Dr. Catherine Sykes. Again, see our show notes. It talks about understanding the idea of your fight and flight response to uncertainty. This is an anxious time for everybody. Fear is a normal response to these things and accepting that yeah, we're scared. It is scary to think about how all of this is rolling out. It's scary when you go to the grocery store and there are huge amounts of empty shelves. It's a really creepy feeling. Notice how your body responds to that. 
Do you find your heart is racing? Your palms are sweaty? Do you have these like rushing thoughts that you can't seem to get a control over? A lot of times when we feel stressed or anxious, we don't breathe well enough. Uh, So it's important to understand how to do deep breathing, how to do belly breathing. Anyone who's been in band or played a musical instrument or sang knows what I'm talking about, about breathing with your diaphragm. Understanding how to do deep breathing. There are plenty of apps out there that can help you with that. Typically what I use is in through the nose for four, hold for a brief second, and then exhale for seven. That just really helps kind of become mindful of how you are breathing, uh, noticing how your body expands with breath and then contracts during the exhale. Other great things to bring into your life, do some stretching activities. Uh, We don't tend to stretch well or often. It feels really good on your body. So look up some stretching. Uh, Google is a great resource for these things. And just kind of let your body relax some. Going for a walk, getting outside, even if you're just reading a book on your porch, being outside of your home helps. We get caught up in this home situation and you've got artificial light and it's just not conducive to feeling healthy all the time. So wash your hair, get outside. Wash your hair? Yes. Oh, I forgot that part. (laughs) Sarah told me a story that Saving Grace, the adoption agency where we got toast, put out a call for foster volunteers, which they do, you know, pretty frequently. And they actually got too many foster volunteers because so many people were trying to temporarily have a dog so that they could go for a walk and have a companion during this time. And I thought that was really cute. But yeah, I mean, I have a dog and it's a great excuse to go for a walk twice a day. I highly recommend it. And leave your phone at home when you go for that walk. Because sometimes I will take my phone with me and I'll think, I won't look at it. But it's really tempting. And you end up looking at it anyway, because the dog stops to sniff something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so slow. And so I pull out my phone and then I'm back on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. So see what it's like. Just leave your phone at home for that half hour and go for a walk. And you might find that it really clears your mind differently. That's a great point. I cannot take my cat for a walk. He does not like it. Uh, So I just have to go for a walk on my own. But leaving your phone at home is also an excellent idea. Go for a walk. Hear the wind in the trees. Feel the sun on your face. Be really mindful when you're walking. It will really help kind of soothe your body and bring that anxiety level down. Unless you have terrible allergies, in which case you will feel the pollen in your nose. That is unfortunately very true. Yes. Yeah. I mentioned earlier, wash your hair. Another really important part of self-care is general hygiene. When you're home and you don't have to get up and put on jeans and you can wear your pajama bottoms all day, it starts to kind of mess with your internal rhythm of balancing that dynamic between when you were going outside and when you're home. So, you know, get up, wash your hair, wash your face and do things during your day. Uh, start to create that schedule. We talked about it with kids. Make sure you're creating that schedule for yourself as well. 
Also, most therapists are now offering online sessions, and I believe almost every insurance is covering teletherapy now. So don't forget, we are a great option if you really notice that you're struggling with negative thoughts or anxiety around this whole situation. All right, folks, you made it to the end. We've covered all five of the parts that we wanted to talk about in this bonus episode. So for a recap, we started out talking about how this can be challenging for a couple and some ways to create space and also make intentional time for each other, even though you are in the same space. Um, we also talked about kids and broke that down into four different groups of kids and the different ways you need to approach helping them cope with this situation while you're coping with it. Our third group was friends and making time to preferably video chat with your friends, but to reach out to everyone that you would normally reach out to during a week and make some time for them. Then we talked about coworkers and remote work and some ways to keep those teams healthy and to over-communicate, to keep projects moving smoothly so that you don't run into communication problems, um, and also to remember to engage socially with coworkers that you would engage socially with normally to try and keep things really as normal as possible, even though everything is remote. And lastly, we talked about some ways to take care of yourself emotionally, mentally, and physically, and being mindful of disconnecting from the news and media at least a little bit so that you have some space to breathe and relax. That brings us to the end of the episode. We'll see you again next week. In the meantime, drive safely. Thank you for listening to The Relationship Road Trip. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we want to know what you think. So write to us at questions at afpsych.com. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or subscribing with your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes of the show at relationshiproadtrip.com or wherever you download podcasts. The Relationship Road Trip comes out every Wednesday at 7 a.m. So don't forget to tune in next week. The Relationship Road Trip is brought to you by Azevedo Family Psychology, where they are dedicated to helping you create a life worth celebrating. You can learn more about their services at azevedofamilypsychology.com. This podcast is produced by Bear Cave Audio. Bear Cave Audio provides a range of audio services, from original composition to podcast recording and editing. To learn more, go to bearcaveaudio.com or email Ben at bearcaveaudio.com. Until we meet again, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back and may the sun shine warm upon your face. Mm-hmm.